welcome once again to the Dumpster Dive. As always, I am your host, Patrick, and right here with me is my co-host and my brother. Uh, th- that's one person. Jordan, say hello. Hello. <laughs> and uh, I never know how you're going to introduce me. <laughs> I never know how I'm going to introduce okay. you either, or introduce <laughs> the show, uh, usually by saying something like... Well, I'm uh, here. Yeah. And uh, we're here doing what we always do. Uh, Jordan and I are always on the hunt for good or at least interesting movies on DVD and Blu-ray. We select one film from each of our collections uh, about once a month or so, get together, watch the movie, and talk about it with you here on The Dumpster Dive. Uh, So that's what we're doing this week. Uh, This film is one of Jordan's selections. I think this is one you've had in your collection but maybe haven't revisited for a while. This is an old dive. I went back into the the archives. archives. I was going to say an oldie, but a goodie. Mm-hmm. But the goodie part, I think, is... Wh- I was going to do some old, like, <laughs> grave robbing <laughs> or uh, uh, grave diving thing. But yeah. 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 So, uh, you know... It's we, an oldie. As we say many times, we do not deliberately look for bad films. And I don't mm-hmm. think I would put this one in the category of bad film. Um, it's going to be an interesting film to discuss. Uh, we are looking at easily the least popular film in what is easily one of the most popular film franchises of all time. Yes, it's a very polarizing movie. And with yeah, most some people hate it, and other people really hate it. <laughs> yes, very <laughs> But we're going to try to give you a different spin on the following film. Let's play that trailer right now. Legend says that a crystal skull was stolen from a mythical lost city in the Amazon. Supposedly built out of solid gold, guarded by the living dead. Whoever returns the skull to the city temple will be given control over its power. You will help us find it. Simple yes will do. So, we will do this old-fashioned way. Put your hands down, will you? You're embarrassing us. Don't touch anything. deceive you we are going to be discussing the fourth um and probably not final because nothing really ever ends indiana jones film indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull this movie was released in 2008 um so what is that 
20 years after the previous <laughs> film? Oh, yeah. it's um, Something like I think that. it's like 18 years after the last yeah. one. And I mean, after the last, last Crusade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about that. So about 20 years after... The last Crusade is like 86. That sounds right. Something else. That sounds right. It's and and, and uh, 2008, over 10 years ago now. Hard to believe this movie is now a decade old, so we, we are due for another uh, revamp. But before they get mm-hmm. there, let's take a look back at a movie I kind of think at this point a lot of people have sort of forgotten about, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, Crystal Skull. I remember we saw it in the theaters. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was, it, was, it was pretty exciting that they were doing that. I was very excited mm-hmm. that there was a new Indiana Jones yeah. movie. And I remember Harrison Ford having talked about returning to this character for yes. a, at least a decade yeah. before this movie actually they happened. They had tried to get it going for a while. Yep. Um, so they're all back, um, and they being producer uh, and co-creator George Lucas, mm-hmm. uh, producer, co-creator, and director Steven Spielberg, and of course Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Um, so it's 20 years later uh, in real life, and it's also about 20 years later in the world of the movie, which means that uh, Indiana Jones is no longer fighting Nazis, mm-hmm. uh, his antagonists now are the communists because this takes place in the 1950s yeah forget the year of the original one like right. 30 something yeah yeah it's always like world war Two kind of mm-hmm. era um <clears throat> so uh in this uh he is battling against the communists for um Possession of the titular crystal skull, which is a bizarre artifact, possibly of alien origin, um, that will give um, sort of it's sort of a key to uh, a city of gold, a mysterious yes. uh, Peruvian. Akator. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's what it's called, Akator. This this mysterious. Well, this is like El Dorado. Yes, there you go. Uh, this this mysterious city of gold. Uh, you bring the the crystal skull to this city. You return it because it was stolen years ago. Return the crystal yep. skull to the city, and uh, it's sort of supposed to give you ultimate power, sort of vaguely defined. Whatever that is, yeah. Right, and uh, Indy gets involved in this uh, adventure when he is approached by. Um, a, a teenage guy, um, played by Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, how old is Mutt? I guess Mutt must be, I mean, Shia, Shia must have been, like, tw- in his 20s when he made this. Yeah. But then Indy notes that he's not in school. Right. So I read him as, like, an old, older teenager. Like, okay. 18 or something. Okay. Makes um, sense. so yeah, so Shia plays Mutt, uh, which is this, um, Kind of greaser-type character who comes into Indy's life because uh, his mother had been a friend of Indy, and another friend of theirs had been on the search for this fabled uh, Akator, is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, The City of Gold and this Crystal Skull, Um, and he's... uh, gone i forget if they think he's missing or do they know right away that he's been kidnapped by these the 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 guy who goes crazy crazy (laughs) yeah (laughs) no they have him yeah you're talking so they know he so they know he's been captured by the russians no i think ox had gone missing oh i see they didn't know yeah i see okay so they same with marion so ox yeah so ox has gone missing um and so Indy kind of has to follow in his footsteps yeah. to try to figure out where he is. Ends up the Russians who Indy. I think had, they they had crazy. heard that he went crazy looking for it, and that's all they knew. They didn't uh-huh. know that because when he winds up at the camp later, he's like, 
Fox is here. Like, right, that's right, know. that's right, that's right. So, but yeah, so he's on the trail of his friend, um, which is sort of how he becomes involved in what was originally his friend's quest yeah. uh, for the Crystal Skull like and the finishing city of work. Yeah, and so of course there's a lot of uh, revelations and reversals and clues and and all kinds of stuff. Um, but that's essentially the story. Um, and if you've seen this one. You must have seen the other Indiana Jones movies. Right. Otherwise, I don't know why you'd have any interest in it. Right. Other than it's just an action movie, but... Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then one of the Russians, uh, the, the I guess the main bad guy, uh, is Pip, played by Kate Blanchett, and she has, uh, like, some kind of psychic abilities. Yes. She knows things. Yeah. So, we're dealing with uh, aliens and... Psychics. Psychic powers and communist Russia... And really kind of a buffet of um, 50s, you know, tropes and and genre staples. Flying saucers. Um, Which some people would say might be a little too far afield for Indiana Jones. Um, I think we'll kind of dig into that a little bit. um, Because I have some mixed feelings about that. Um, Did I describe the plot well enough? This is Indiana Jones. It's very convoluted. I I would say this story is like overcomplicated. Indiana Jones trying to find the crystal skull, return it to the fabled golden city of Akator to uncover some ultimate power. Of course, of course, what Indiana Jones is really looking for is his friend because he doesn't, you know, Indiana himself does not lust after power, uh, just knowledge. So, um, it's always Indy against another group of people going after some MacGuffin. Right. Like, it's either the, the Ark or the Holy Grail or whatever, the stones from the second one. Yeah. So it's a, that's basically the story of this one as well. Right. It's so essentially, easy. it's it's back to the well. It's, it's yeah, Indy it's doing what he's always done. There's a MacGuffin. There's an adventure. The there's, there's, there's not Nazis this time. It's kind of a disaster, but it's the same yeah. kind of thing you want to see Indiana Jones doing. Um, and then the other element uh, that we, we sort of – mentioned or suggested in passing is that this teenager mutt of course turns out to be indiana jones yeah. son who he didn't well it's know. like when you say marion it's like someone he knew from the past this is a love interest right from right from so this is this movie. is the character from the first movie ends yep. up being mutt's mother so there's a little reunion with them the revelation that mutt is indiana jones son so there's yep. that element as well um there's a lot of elements there's a lot, a lot going on here but i think i think that pretty much covers it plot wise mm-hmm Whew, I think this is going to be an interesting one to talk about. Where to start with this movie? We already so, talked about So, it. well, let's talk about your, because um, we've both seen this before. What mm-hmm. w- what was your kind of, like, when you first saw this, like, ten years ago, what was your kind of initial take on it? And then what was your kind of basic take on it this time? And then we'll dig into, like, individual scenes. Because there's a lot about this movie that really works. And there's a lot that doesn't. That's probably what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> No, I was trying to think. I think we're on the same page with this. I was trying to think back of what I thought. It was like it's so long ago, too. It's just. I remember I kind of had like Star Wars prequel kind of feelings with it. You see the Star Wars prequels, and you're like, this is just not Star Wars. And then you. But you're still thinking about it. And then after the fact, you're like, you know, that wasn't as bad as what most people said because the reviews were 
The ones that I remember were terrible for Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. And this movie is not highly regarded. Yeah. This is not... I don't know well, it has it. it has a lot of mixed reviews. Yeah. It's, like, really polarized. It's, like, people... But, I, but I feel like it. for the legacy of the movie, like, for fans today, if people even remember that yeah, there was it, a fourth Indiana Jones movie... in context with the other movies, This is bad. considered a bad film. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say that, too. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. But I also love those old Indiana Jones movies so much that I was kind of... I think I got overly excited that there was a new Indiana sure. Jones movie. And then I feel like it's like top heavy or front heavy. Oh, yeah. Where it's like it works so good at the beginning. Yes. Like you're really kind of rooting for it. And you're like, oh, my God. Like they did make another Indiana Jones movie. And then it just keeps going and going and going. And it's it's kind of exhausting at a point. Mm-hmm. So I think my – and then I hadn't gone back to revisit it. Like – the whole reason I wanted to do this now is because I thought of it as this was like a dumpster dive I had done years ago. Right. And it was one, because I, of course I own the Indiana Jones original collection. Of course. But I didn't have this one because I didn't want to put it like on the shelf next to the other <laughs> one. So I was like, I was like it, oh I, man. I saw it and I can recognize that it exists, but I don't necessarily have to have it there. It doesn't, it hasn't earned its place of honor next so to then the I, Holy Trilogy. <laughs> yeah. So then I remembered, like, years later, it, it came out. Uh, like, I don't know what year I bought this. It was probably maybe, like, five years ago. Mm-hmm. I just saw it in the store. And I'm like, you know, I should own Crystal Skull. Maybe just because enough time had passed and I wanted to see it again. And you're like, one day I might have a podcast where we talk about cult movies. And, yep. and which, what better? I know things. Yes. <laughs> so then I bought it, and I rewatched it, and I think I still kind of had the same feelings that I did. It's not like... It, like looking at, through a, a different lens, like years later, and now I see it again, kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I forgot the original question, but no, that was I think basically that's kind of my original. That's basically take what I wanted. Just your kind of like basic take. I'm on very it. mixed on it. Well, so here's where I was ten years ago when I first saw this movie. Um, I am not a huge fan of the Indiana Jones films. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to choose my words carefully because <laughs> I, it's such a beloved series, and I like them a lot, too. I have nothing against them. I don't think yeah. they're bad movies. But just for whatever reason, um, when I was younger, fell head over heels for Star Wars. Um, but the Indiana Jones movies, I, I just I, I might have waited too long to watch them. I think you just have to be an action fan. Maybe, like yeah. Or an action I, movie fan first. And I tend There's to be like, more sci-fi monsters. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, the audiences for Star Trek and Star Wars split, too. Yeah. It's like the Star Wars are more, I mean, I'm not going to say dumber, but it's not... It's <laughs> You're not, going to imply it. You're not, not going to say... No, no we love I'm not going to flat out say that. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say, like, it's just two different... It's like apples and oranges. It's like, yeah. one's, like, intellectual, because it's trying to... Star Wars is not trying to be intellectual, yeah. you know. So I think that's where it splits, and I like you were never that, you were never into action movies. Yeah, like it I, wasn't never. I was into James much. Bond and yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, so that's why I was. Yeah, so for whatever reason, just Indiana Jones, although I think they are great movies, they're not for me what they are for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I don't have them on this kind of like revered pedestal. There's not a lot of nostalgia tied up with them for me. Um, I've only seen them like a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, when I went into this movie, I, I thought it was cool, too, that they're returning to the movies. I rewatched them before oh, I, for the first time before I saw The Crystal Skull. 
the oh, first time, not right, right, not right, just okay. now. Yeah, um, I probably haven't seen them since then. Um, but I rewatched them before I saw the Crystal Skull uh, the first time, and I think for me, because I don't have the kind of reverence and nostalgia, or even a real solid deeply held idea of what an Indiana Jones film should be. Mm-hmm. My impression of Crystal Skull was kind of like, yeah, this is about in line with what the other ones were. Yeah. And it kind uh, of is. It kind of is. And and I think Like oh, I think you could make an argument for that. Yeah, and a lot of the elements that I think I, I'm guessing probably throw a lot of people, which are like even setting it in the nineteen fifties mm-hmm. um and having it involve aliens um, are to me completely smart and appropriate choices. I thought updating it into the fifties, making B monster movie. I thought that was just like a stroke. of Yeah. I kind of love everything about that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So right away, like the movie opens with like um, this gay. Oh, that's the other thing. Okay. So I don't want to interrupt you, but that was like the main thing like that I remembered from the original one. Cause in the years between the times that I viewed it, people would ask me what I thought of it. Yeah. Cause they knew that I love Indiana Jones movies. Now I would say like Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite, if not one of my favorite, just movies flat out. Mm-hmm. If I could pick one, which is kind of stupid, but people would ask me because they know it's polarizing what I thought of Crystal Skull. And I said, if you watch the first 20 minutes of it, like basically the opening action scene that sets up kind of the movie or just a, a mini adventure, basically up to the point where he escapes from the fridge and the bomb goes off. If you watch just that, it's fantastic. Yeah. It could be a serial that you would put in front of another right. movie. And, but unfortunately, the movie just keeps going on, and like there's two hours of a movie after it. Right. That's like that's my joking way of re- reviewing that movie. Yeah, but it, it is kind of true. This definitely is because I was trying to watch it, it really carefully. This really time. strong. Like, where does this movie go off the rails? Like, what is wrong with this movie? Because again, I think a lot of the the things that people, you know, it's easy to like uh, pick a scapegoat element in a film. Right. So if if a movie on the whole doesn't like work, with it's like Sweet Monkeys or Star Wars Episode One sucks because of Jar Jar. It's like, well, right. no, like there's like right. that's a problem, but there's a lot of reasons this doesn't work. So I was trying to really watch this carefully, figure out what doesn't work. And for me, things that do work, Aliens, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not have handled it completely well throughout the whole film. We'll get into that, but yeah. but Indiana Jones going into like Area Fifty One stuff, ancient alien civilization stuff completely in keeping yep. with the original spirit tone of the series. No problem with that. Um, Mutt, as a character, yep. brilliant. And uh, people are turning off this podcast right now, but in and of himself, bringing in this younger character, very well played by Shia LaBeouf, who has terrific chemistry with yep. Harrison Ford, no problem. All this, their scenes together, when it's just the two of them, yes. terrific. Um so, so all that worked. So why didn't the movie ultimately completely work? And I think I ultimately liked it a little bit more than you did. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I like it. I think overall I think I do like it. But then at the same time I would also say it's probably not a good movie. Well, I'll jump ahead and say where I ultimately come down on this movie. Okay. Um, I don't think it's a great movie, but I don't think it's a 
bad movie. Yeah. It's somewhere between good and bad. <laughs> it's definitely not Can great. Can you narrow it it's any def- further? It's definitely not great, <laughs> but it's somewhere between like good and bad. You know what I mean? It's not it's not In order for a discussion you're probably going to have to like <laughs> confine it a little more. Bring um, it in a little closer. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. I think. It's, okay. It's, the thing is, it's like, okay. the thing that I like about it, I I like so much. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, that's why I think it's polarizing, because the things that I don't like about it, I really don't like about it. Right. And the things that I do like about it, I love about it. Like, I yeah, think a lot tough. of stuff really works. And and, and that's why I, I'm glad you picked this to talk about, because... Okay, good, because I was afraid well, it's it, like, not ex- fit. Yeah, well, it's not exactly a hidden gem. I do think it's a movie that, like, deserves to... It, it doesn't deserve to be dismissed out of hand. It's like, oh, yeah, they made that shitty fourth one. Yes. That's no good. Just watch the first three. Mm-hmm. This is, like, to me, an interesting kind of, like, addition to the series. I do consider it part of the series. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I also think they could have kept going and maybe should have. And I think if they had... You think this movie could have kept going? No, not the movie, but, like, as a series. Because oh, yeah. I think if they had, they maybe the next one would have been really great. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing, like, in here that, that kills the franchise. Yeah. Like, maybe this one story didn't completely work. But they Do you could've... think this one kind of, like, kept it alive or, like, brought maybe brought it a little back to life since I, it had been... I felt, like, so I felt like it did, but... I guess, like, critically, commercially, it didn't do well enough. But, like, I think if they had kept going, maybe the next one could have been really great. You know what I mean? It would have had Mutt. It would have had Indy. And maybe they would have been, like, looking for a Sasquatch or what else is going on in the 50s. Or um, (laughs) some kind of a a jungle civilization. or You know what I mean? Like, like examine some more. Or undersea. uh, Something with Atlantis. You know what I mean? Um, to me, this is all very in keeping with Indiana Jones, and I guess that yeah, was Indiana what, Jones discovering Atlantis. Yeah, was, so if it had and so and if it had been like in the forties again and Nazis again and some biblical treasure again, I've been just kind of like okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like like bringing in aliens and the fifties and all that kind of stuff and that style of genre storytelling did kind of like show that okay, it, it's still alive, it still can do other things. You know, yeah. it doesn't always have to be this thing. But it can do other things. So um, I wouldn't have minded seeing another one. Um, I guess my ultimate take is like... I'm sure there'll be another Indiana Jones book. Well, yeah. But I mean, I kind of wish they'd kept the whatever momentum. Oh, that storyline or whatever. Yeah. Because um, the next one will be like another re... re right. Like, we got to go in a new direction. It's Now it's been another decade, you know. Maybe it'll be two another two decades by the time yeah. it comes out. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. To me, this is the worst Indiana Jones movie. But it is an Indiana Jones movie. And I feel like it fits reasonably comfortably into the series. It fits reasonably well on my DVD shelf. <laughs> did you did you move it? <laughs> it is up there. I actually kind of, like, I was looking over, like, my old collection, like, the archives <laughs> of old dumpster dives, and that is one that I saw. I'm like, oh, that's right, because there was a while where I didn't want to put it there. Mm-hmm. So it is there now. <laughs> Or it's not there because I've read it over to watch it, but it it has a place there. Well, that's saying something. I had to dust a few cobwebs off of it, but it was there. It's up there. Yeah, and I think that's that's about what I think about it. You know what I mean? It's like you can watch it every ten years. It's the fourth best Indiana Jones film, but it is an Indiana Jones film. I don't dismiss it. I don't want to take it. I consider it part of the canon. 
for whatever that's worth. Yes. Um, and there's, I think there's not much Indiana Jones. Can't well, no, but I think a lot of people don't. It's like the Indiana Jones is the three movies, yeah. and then they tried to make this first, first this fourth one didn't work. But I'm like, that's a lot enough about it work that I can accept it. It is the mo- I, it, but it's the most like out of step with the other ones too. Mm-hmm. Like it, it does follow, but it took place twenty years. It's twenty years later. It's going to be different. I mean, I'm not I mean? saying like that's necessarily bad, but it's hard for it to fit in. Like it can't. You can't go home again. It, you can't be an Indiana Jones film again. But I think for a, a, the first half of it this movie, like... <laughs> it kind of felt like they could. Yeah. So let's let's try to really do a deep analysis of this. What did they get right, and where did it go wrong? Because I, I, I think it, it's a subtle thing where it, where it went off the rails. It's not, yes. what, it's not like it was a perfect movie, and then they did the monkey sequence, and then it sucked. It's like, there's a lot going on here. It's so. probably close to that. You talked about the excellent for, uh, opening sequence, which is perfect. Yeah. Um, the dialogue early in the film, yeah. super sharp, it's very super witty. witty, and then I think the writer had a, must have had a stroke halfway through or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I don't know how many writers are on, but the writer of it, the main writer is David Kep, who okay. does like a lot of Steven Spielberg. He wrote Jurassic Park. I mean, he wrote... A fine film. Yes. Well, I mean, he wrote the adaption. He wrote the screenplay. Sure, Jurassic yeah. Park. And Lost World and a bunch of wow. other... Uh, Panic Room. Well, and for the first half of this movie, I believe it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me... And so you said that opening sequence, if they had just ended it after the opening sequence, you'd have a perfect short film. Yep. I agree with that. I would even extend that um, yes. through the meeting with Mutt, um, through the motorcycle chase, through the library. Well, that part, I think, because I forgot about that part, and I really like that part, too. Love it. The whole, his discussion with Mutt in the diner, and then the following chase. That's great. Up to the part where it, I was hundred percent with the film. Up it's to this like point. those two are two little episodes of this of these old Republic serials. Yeah, you know, it's like you could independently just have them together. You don't need one for the other. Right. And they both have a beginning and an right. end. Like, and the ending of the scene with the motorcycle chase too is great too. I love he, it. It's they like crash into the library. Signature Indiana Jones. Yeah, and one of the students is like, uh, Doctor Jones, I have a question. And then he like kind of like sums it up. He's yes. like, Don't spend so much time in the library. Get out in the field. And then he like, rides off on his motorcycle yeah. <laughs> as communist uh, psychics start chasing yeah. him. Yeah, the, and that's and, the, one and thing. then just like picture like credits roll or stay tuned next time. Right. It's like, but but even, run, it's almost like they run out of story. Yeah, kind of. I don't. I don't know. Like so. I but I was completely with it up to that point. So so far, yeah. this is good. This is working. This is cool. It's new, but it's familiar. Yep. We got a new character. It's a new timeline, but it's still Indiana. It's Jones. like that's the balance, and it's working at that point. Mm-hmm. The balance is like have enough new stuff where it like feels new, or it feels like exciting or refreshing. You're not just watching the same old thing again, but also not so brand new that it's just something completely different. So at that point, it is. It's following that to right. great success, I think. Um, I'll throw this in here, too, because I don't know exactly when else we'd touch on it. This is a great-looking movie, um, yeah. for the most part. Yes. So we'll talk about when it's not. There are times that it's not. Well, I think that's where you could say, like, out of step with the other ones. Because I agree that it does okay, look good. Okay, let's, let's, let's touch on this point, because, like, we both think it looks great, but you said it looked too much like... Uh, stages and sets, yeah. and the other one was more like location and outdoor and more realistic. Well, the, the old one, or, yeah, the original ones are like globe trotting, which yep. this one is also trying to be too. But it does look stagey. But they actually were in the areas doing, the, and 
In this one, I know they traveled to whatever. They Re- shot no, in I, other locations. Oh, yeah. It doesn't necessarily look like it. There's, there's a lot many, of sets. Yeah. A lot of sets. There's too many set pieces where it's just, like, clearly a set. Oh, yeah. But, okay. But, like, a well-designed set, but it just it's not evoking the same feelings of, like, the old Indiana Jones. So, like, here's where I think, like, maybe my lack of reverence for the originals plays into it a little bit because I wasn't thinking so much about the contrast in visual styles between the old Indiana Jones and this one. I was thinking about just how great the cinematography looks in this mm-hmm. and really enjoying the sets, uh, which are beautifully designed, be- all of them uh, beautifully dressed. Yeah, they look good. I wouldn't um, argue. Reminded that. me of the very early Universal horror films when they just had these beautiful Set. So in that way, it does make sense because now it's set in the 50s. The, so and it's trying to so that's kind of how I read it. So if that was on purpose, they did do a good job. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of how I read it. So I don't have a problem with that aspect of it. Okay. Um, for me, the first time I was kind of like, eh, this might be going down the wrong road, is when um, Kate Blanc- when they've captured Indy, Indy mm-hmm. and, and Mutt and Kate Blanchett's character... Um, shows in the the corpse of an alien. Yeah. Now this is where the alien thing gets tricky because I'm for the alien story. I'm for Indy um, investigating ancient aliens. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is a concept that has been around forever. Like did ancient aliens influence hu- humans, etc. Yeah. This perfectly appropriate kind of thing for a character like Indiana Jones to be doing. You gotta be careful with how you how you handle it, and and I think actually at that point, for no real reason, um, showing the corpse of an alien might have been tipping their hand a little bit too much. Might have been a bridge yeah. too far into the world of science fiction. Well, I think of it in terms of like science fiction. Think of like what what the X Files did so well. Yes, and the original Indiana Jones movies do do this well, right. where it's like the supernatural element is there. They're not saying. You know, maybe the Holy Grail does cure you, right. or maybe it doesn't. They're showing it does. But when that happens in the third one, The Last Crusade, when they're healed by the healing part of the, the Grail, it's like it's confined so only two people knew about it, mm-hmm. or only the people in this cave knew about it. And if if they escape and they try to tell somebody else about it, you probably couldn't prove it. Right. This is like... A little too obvious. For <laughs> like, even in the opening scene where they're in Roswell, mm-hmm. they're in Area 51, and they open the coffin of the alien, which is what they're there for, and then they show the hand of the alien. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, they, they found an alien. We got it. Whereas, like, you could show them opening the some, like, thing that looks like a coffin and show everybody else looking at it and reacting like something weird without showing the audience that this is an alien. Yeah, and... Like, and it, it is that little step a little too far. Yeah, it, it was, needs to be something like... And it's tough. It's subtle. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's but, the, but something in the balance of the movie did start to shift a little too much at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like in X-Files. Like, in the movie... Yes. Once they reveal right. everything in the movie... It's like, and you can never go back then. Yeah, you can't reset it the right. way that the other ones can. Right, and, and also, like, I kind of feel like that scene was put there for dumb 
audience members too because they've been talking about aliens the whole time but they never said the word alien they never said mm-hmm. flying saucer then up until that scene they just kind of trusted the audience to kind of know that oh i think this is actually what they're kind of hinting at and talking right. about um but in that but in the scene, opening they do show like the hand of the alien well yeah coming out of it too, yeah so and it's like area vague. 51 and everybody knows that's aliens but yeah. they never like it was subtly handled, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Once they show the corpse, it wasn't like, you know, that's it, I'm out. But for me, that was the first moment in the movie where I'm like, oh, that's, that might have been the wrong choice. Yeah. And I also felt like that scene was there just for stupid people in the audience, which is just like, this is what we're talking about. Look, it's an, <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. like there was no point in her showing him that alien. And then also you've got her using her psychic powers in that scene. So you're like, this is a lot for the indie audience to take in right now. You know what I mean? So that... Well, and, and in the beginning when her character is first introduced, she says she's like a psychic that right. Stalin recognizes as like an important figure because she says she can see things. Mm-hmm. She knows them before they're going to happen. That could be like... She's actually just really good at guessing. Sure. that could, And she tries to read Indy's mind and she's not able to do it. Yes. So that could be like... Well, she's just like a fraud. Then. Right, right, right. Like she's only in that position because she's a fraud. This is because, and then it gets to that point, and you're like, okay, she's uh, she's got psychic powers now with an alien. It's like it's way too obvious yep. what's going on. Yep. They don't like so they don't subtly like hint at it. Yep. They, it's like right there in front of your face. Yep. And there's no going back. Um. But I was, you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe that's a bad step for the movie. And then, like, honestly, I think where the movie really turns, and I feel like... Is the monkeys? No, it's before <laughs> that, though. I, I was checked out before the monkeys. Oh, I, I, I know what you're going to say. Is I with started. bringing Marion back. Yeah, yeah. That was, I think, a mistake. Yeah. Um, because the, the dynamic between Mutt, a Shia LaBeouf, and Indy, Harrison Ford, was so great. Yeah, and they're so, good. They're, like, very much, like... Uh, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery in the third one. So it's, it's like, like they that com- movie is held up by Sean Connery and Harrison and that's, Ford. And that's performing t- and that's it. tough to do to find that kind of perfect chemistry right. with characters and actors. And they did it. They struck gold again after 20 years. Mm-hmm. Then they had to bring Marion back. Yeah. And it threw off that dynamic. And it became there was no like you said. There's no reason for her to be in the movie. Yeah, she had she nothing felt to, to me it. unnecessary. And it throws off the dynamic, and it becomes this kind of wacky domestic comedy. Um, almost immediately, the tone shifts. Yes. So it's like we don't really have any more scenes of bonding or, or nice dialogue between Mutt and Indy, really, for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because you bring in Marion, and then you bring in Ox, this crazy doctor who had originally been looking for the city, who's like, it's who dri- barely, he doesn't even speak hardly. It's driven him so. out of his mind, so he's there now. And then you've got Indy's other friend who, like, is Mac. always Mac, who's always betraying him. And so now it's an ensemble all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And the ensemble is it's made... It's a really tightly packed ensemble, too. It's like, they're all basically the same characters. I kept well, picturing, like... the ensemble is made up of two-thirds characters we don't know or care yeah. anything about. It's and who a, hadn't been there up until, like... Five minutes before whatever right. action scene is So now on. they're all together, and they're all going through the death traps, and they're all going through the chases, and yeah. they're all I falling down the I like old, you know, like in the old Scooby-Doo cartoons where yeah. they're, all, they're all in a pack together, and mm-hmm. they just run all together? That's what this movie was like, where they're yeah. all, they don't get separated at all, they're, they like, it's one thing when Indiana Jones is narrowly escaping some right. booby trap in a yeah. some ancient temple. 
But when, like, Marion does it as well, and so right. does Mutt, and so does Mac, well, right. and so does Ox. It's like, it's not dangerous, it's not... Yeah, there there were a lot of, like, set pieces that would have worked a lot better if it was just, like, two people. Like, when they finally do get to the city, there's this scene where they're descending a spiral, oh, yeah, the steps a spiral staircase, and as just as they descended, the... the the steps are, like, going into the wall. Yeah, so um, they have to kind of, like, hug the wall. So, no, if that, that was just indie. That would fit perfectly well with all the stuff in the original movies. Yep. You know what I mean? But it's it's these four kind of goofy characters, uh, including, like, a middle-aged woman who has no particular skill. This guy is out of his mind. And they're all yeah, crazy. four of them going down in, like, a line. It just, it just doesn't work. It's not exciting yeah. anymore. So... Yeah, it's like, man, the balance... Or when all of them get shot up through that, like, water right. cannon, it's like... Or they're all going down the waterfalls together, yeah. and they're all... Like, they seriously don't get more than five feet right. apart from each it, other. It, it really shows how delicate, like, a thing tone is in a movie. Because, yeah, as soon as it became, like, an ensemble, like, it just killed a lot of the tension and a lot of the... Yeah. Yeah, and the tone does shift, too, and with, like, the, Dramatically. Mu- the music even, like, it's a little goofier and wacky right. and plink-plunk. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, it was going along fine, and then they, they, they made a bad decision, then they made a worse decision, then they made a worse decision, then they made a worse decision. So by the time it gets to the monkey singing, swinging sequence, um, which I'm kind of taking for granted, a lot of people know what we're you talking about. You say monkey singing? Mo- monkey swinging. Oh, Thank my God. God. I thought but, I, I mean, something. they might as well have sung. They might as well yeah. have sung. Um, well, I said, well, for me, the worst scene in the movie is not the monkey sequence. It okay. is the quicksand sequence. Yeah, that's bad. That is a straight-up bad that's scene. Bad. And it goes on, and it's not funny, yeah. and it's the props are cheap and look like shit, <laughs> and Marion's there, and it's just... Yeah, Indiana Jones... It and, makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, Indiana Jones and Marion randomly walk into quicksand. Indiana, well, that's so she... I mean, the scene is there so she can tell him that... Mud is his kid. Yeah, and that should have been saved for a more dramatic moment. Just save that for the end. So, like, yeah, bringing in more people, big problem. Um, I would have had it just be Mutt and Indy the whole movie. And then maybe Mm. at the end, hey, who is your mother, by the way? You know, because you know it's someone that Indy knew. Um, It's like, oh, it's Marion. Maybe we'll get back together. End. You know what I mean? That would have been so much better. So I had a problem with Marion because she was useless. I kind of had a problem with um, the, the crazy... Uh, Ox. guy Ox who came in. Who well, was, he's basically the same thing. Well, like, he's just along for the ride. Well, and also I feel like the writing got so lazy once he came in because before Indy's like doing what he does, he's uncovering clues, he's finding artifacts, trying to follow this yep. trail to find his friend. But when he finds his friend, his friend essentially knows where the city of gold is, what they have to do, what to do with the skull, what it means. He knows all. He's already yeah. figured it all out. It's like he finds Ox too soon. Well, yeah, but the way they get around that is like, oh, well, he's crazy, so he talks in riddles. So yeah. like they, so instead of Ox saying, like, we need to go here and put the skull in this thing, he'll say some, like, riddle, and then it's like, oh, I think what he's saying is, yeah. that's just lazy writing. Yeah. That's not a fun Indiana Jones finding a clue. That's what I believe they call a window character, who is like... <laughs> yeah. The character that stands at the window and explains... It's like Raymond Burns in uh, Godzilla. Right. He stands at the window outside the scene, and he explains to another character what the hell's There's going on. There's a little on. bit of that. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it just didn't work. It was just no fun up to that point. Because for me, the one of the fun the fun thing about Indiana Jones is not so much the action pieces, but the like archaeologist figuring shit out stuff. Yeah. And the problem is solved pretty much like halfway through it. Once, and we know where they're once going. Once Ox we know what's shows happen. up, it's any tension, any mystery is, is essentially yeah. done. Um, 
So there's too many characters, and they're not good characters. Yes. Then we have a series of bad set pieces that just don't work. Yeah. After a couple of great ones earlier in the film, the motorcycle chase into the library, the opening yeah, scene with like the atomic bomb. Yeah, it's like one step bomb. forward and two steps back with the movie. So we have the horrible quicksand sequence, which is my least favorite scene in yeah. the movie, and then we have the long chase sequence through the jungle, which does include Shia LaBeouf swinging through vines with monkeys. The same sequence also includes Shia LaBeouf Fencing with Kate Blanchett's yes. character at- um, across two uh, jeeps or whatever they were driving, um, killer man-eating ants. I like that part. <laughs> but see, I like that too. But it's like, what if it would had just been the ants? It should have been. Just do the ants. Well, that whole action scene with them going through the woods with the big thing that's like cutting the trees down to make a path, whatever they were mm-hmm. doing. That whole scene with him fencing and the monkeys and. Marion driving the vehicle, and he's got the rocket, and Indy has the rocket launcher. Remember? There's oh. a rocket launcher. Yeah, it's, it's just all <laughs> blends together. It's just That it's whole nonsense. scene, where they, and then when they're racing against each other, going back and forth, like Cape uh, Blanchett, Serena Spelko is going on, she's on one vehicle, and then they jump onto another one, and they're going back and forth and back and forth. And that kind of stuff was in the original movies. Right. But... This one you could not, or at least I couldn't tell, and I feel like I can understand a lot of like good action scenes that where you are in relationship to other things. This was such a clusterfuck of yep. shit that's happening. Like, yep. I couldn't tell where anybody was yep. or what was happening. Yep. Nothing felt of any sort of Sur- danger. Surprisingly. Because it was so CG heavy. Yeah, surprisingly poorly directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think... Spielberg was at the top of his game anymore. I don't think he even was when that movie was. But he is a he knows his no, way I, around the movie. I would say like like look at you the, know what I mean. But again, the first twenty minutes of it, yeah. where he fights the guy on the like test rocket or whatever right. that is, where he's fighting him with the chain. He's right. got the chain around his neck. Right. And he has to get it off before the, you know, like all that is well shot action. I keep going back to the first twenty minutes of it, but it's like Spielberg did that. Like he can do for it. sure. Yeah, he. I mean, he knows his way around making yeah. a movie. Um, so yeah, it's surprisingly poorly directed and yeah, it must be said, and I know this is like a a thing with, with, you know, people who maybe prefer older movies, but the CGI is too much and it's not good Yeah, and it's, it, it hasn't aged well in the past 10 years, but I think you're right. Even in 2008, it didn't look great. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember in 2008 thinking like that was just like, and I'm no, I'm no, and I'm no purist. It would also have looked silly if it had no CGI. It would have looked old fashioned. And there are silly things in the old movies too, but but you've got to use it sparingly. And that scene was just like, I, again, I get what they're going for. You're right, there were similar things in the original yeah. movie. It was supposed to be this kind of frantic energy, crazy, we got the skull, now they got the skull, they're jumping across the jeep, well, it's the crazy. Si- it's too much. The signs of jumble. like a good director is knowing... like CGI is not the problem. The problem is like knowing when to use it. Yeah. A good director would know that. And say, like I'm not saying Steven Spielberg is a bad director, but I mean this could have been a bad choice that he made, where it's like you see it, and maybe this was just too big of an action scene to just start from scratch. But you should see that and be like, this does not work. Like, it this didn't work. clearly not working. It didn't work. And I feel like they even could have saved it in editing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the I way... 
the way that I feel like maybe they tried to save it in Halo. Maybe. Which made it look like a clusterfuck. Maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah. But yeah, it just was not good movie making. No. You know what I mean? And 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 it wasn't even an interesting, like the opening scene, the diner scene, the, the motorcycle chase. Those at least seemed a little bit different. They they fell in line with like the type of movie that the Indiana Jones yep. movies are, but it was something new. Like yep. you don't you don't see Indiana Jones in a diner in a brawl, right? And then like beating up a guy like on a bus or whatever. Like they're chasing after him on a motorcycle with a greaser. You know, like that at least stands out. The scene where they're like being chased through the forest is just it's that. Yeah. It is that. It's them being chased through the woods. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have rather like used more that use that portion of runtime for Indiana Jones and Mutt and nobody else um going to a temple and finding a carving that that gave them a clue to go to the next place. You know what or I mean? Or if even the two of them got trapped with uh, whoever the the muscle dude was, the big, uh-huh. the, the strong guy that beat him up, right, with right, the right. <laughs> if it was just like them in some like like a flat field, and there were killer ants surrounding them, right, that's good enough. Yes, and that could have like they could have discovered things to do because I think that scene works too, where he's fighting him. It's like the game of lava, like don't touch the ground. Mm-hmm. He's fighting him around killer ants. Like, what other movie has that? And also, what other movie would that fit in with? Right. It would only fit in with an Indiana Jones yeah. movie. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I like the ants, too. But unfortunately, the ants weren't even the finale of that sequence because no. then they went down the waterfall. Which Well, I said, like, stupid. that's the perfect metaphor is they say three times it drops. Ox kept, kept saying that, like, because, right. yeah, he speaks in riddles. No one could figure out what that meant. Then they go down a big waterfall. Yep. Then they go down another waterfall. Then they right. go down the third waterfall. That's what he meant. Three times it drops. And that is like the metaphor for the movie. It just keeps going mm-hmm. and going. Yep. And then it goes. And once you think it's done, it goes again. <laughs> yep. And we forgot to mention the crystal skull looks stupid. Yep, there's that. The MacGuffin looks stupid and they show it way too much. Do you much. think that would have fixed it if he would have said something? If, like, if Indiana Jones would have just said something like, that looks stupid. Silly, or mm-hmm. that looks stupid. I don't it's think it's hard to tell because it's like if you would have said that, then the audience is like, "Yep, I'm totally on your side. I agree with you." Right. But it almost feels like one little line of dialogue right away when they see it that would have just kind of like put that thought out. I don't think it would have fixed it, but it would have helped. What okay. I would have done to solve the problem, how I would have written the movie, <laughs> is like I would have had a line like that, and then I would have also been like, "Oh, humans can't like." be in contact with it too much because it's too powerful. Yeah, they So I would have had it. it wrapped up like the whole time yeah. and you would have seen it maybe like once yeah. at the very beginning and then once full on in full lighting at the end. Yes, it's very cartoony in this movie. It's mm-hmm. like they're carrying around a literal skull. And it looks like a it looks like a cheap prop. It yeah, looks it doesn't stupid. Look good. Um, and you're already asking the audience to buy into something pretty crazy. Yeah, because um, with other movies they're at least using something somewhat well known enough where it's like on like to the surface enough in the culture where people know what the yeah. holy grail is no one knows all the details but that's kind of part of the fun is yeah. they can kind of like play with the little details of right. the mythology of it this like, i guess crystal skulls do exist yes. there is a mythology to them right. but i didn't know about them before right. this movie it doesn't have the kind of 
mythic resonance that the Holy Grail yeah. has. So yeah. it becomes it gets to a point where it's like it may as well just be something completely made up, <laughs> right? Because he's just saying things like, like if you were to seriously analyze this movie, like bring me an expert on crystal skulls and I'll watch the movie with him. He'll point out that's actually real. Right. That they invented for the movie. I'd be like, who cares? Right. Like. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just not as interesting as the other. Yep, I totally agree. And it's totally like kind of fuzzy uh, powers, too. Yeah, oh yeah, it was like a magic thing, too, that got him out of like any bad situation. Like, it saved him from the ant. Which the arc is, too, when they open it, and it kills people. But, but that's at the end of that movie, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, this is just like every new scene, they're discovering something new that it does. Yeah, so it, just, yeah it just like got sloppy and lazy in the writing, and... and it's so fluctuating magnetic abilities, too. Right. It's Very weird. So then they get to the city. <laughs> yeah. And by this point, if you can't tell by my tone of voice, the audience is exhausted. Yeah. You know, we started out so strong. That's what I'm saying. Like, it just keeps going. going. Um, I should have looked and saw how long it is. It's, it's about it's, a little it's over two a... hours. A little over two hours. Okay. Like two hours, five minutes, two hours, ten minutes, two ten, something like that. Okay. Um, so then they get to the city. Another, maybe the best set. Uh, another fantastic looking uh, set in Akator. The... Once they're in the temple, which yeah. turns out to be a spaceship, but not really a spaceship. But where the guys that. come out of the walls. Yeah, look, the whole thing looks fantastic. Um, so eventually, um, they they make their way into the the inner chamber where they have to return the crystal skull to, and this will give them ultimate power. Um, and what they find in the chamber is this kind of large circular room and around the uh, 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 the walls are these skeletons of aliens yeah. essentially these crystal skeletons very cool visual um, and one of them is headless and of course that's where the crystal skull goes um, the alien comes back to life yeah see I guess I don't know and says that it's going to give them a gift. The gift is this ultimate knowledge of the, the multiverse, I guess. Because we also find out, um, because Ox is all of a sudden magically not crazy anymore, they're not from outer space, they're from another dimension. Okay, fine. Well, they, it's supposed to be like all knowledge. They, they put, say like knowledge yeah, is their they be, treasure. They begin putting this knowledge into Kate Blanchett's character's head. Way too much for the human mind to bear. This ultimately destroys her. Temple turns into a spaceship, goes to another dimension. Indy and his friends <laughs> escape. The end, except for the epilogue. Um, this is like George Lucas trying to pitch it to somebody. I actually kind of like the final sequence. Mm -hmm. So, like, what I really wish you was... You mean when the temple breaks apart? And yeah, the... I kind of was okay with that. Yeah. I, I just kind of wish, like, we hadn't seen the crystal skull so much. We hadn't seen the alien body you know what I mean? And obviously we'd had a better movie leading up to it because I feel like that would have been kind of a... Because I feel like, again, I haven't seen the movie so much, but in that kind of thing in the Indiana Jones movies, you don't really see anything magic, but then at the very end something kind of magic happens. Mm. Well, that's what I mean about like the X-Files part of it. Yeah. Where it's like there is something magic, or I say it's like supernatural. I think yeah. that's why I like those movies enough or a lot because it was supposed to be the American version of James Bond, basically. Like, they wanted, like, kind of a equivalent of yeah. James Bond. But this, James Bond does not have supernatural elements to it, mm -hmm. unless you count, like, the gadgets or whatever, mm -hmm. like spy-fi. But it would always have, like, a little tiny, like, a hint at it. Or, or the, like I said before, like, they would show it to you, but then the scene would end in a way where, like, everybody who saw it died. Right. 
So there, it would almost be impossible to prove, like in a courtroom right. or something like that. Right. This is like the spaceship fucking took off <laughs> in front of, <laughs> like, and the whole group of them saw it. Like it's kind of a game changer in terms of the Indiana Jones universe. Yeah. It's hard. I. It's like the other movies. It's hard to like reset it. Yeah. The I other ones you can reset and start but again, a new adventure. But yet there's no physical evidence. Yeah. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I kind of liked it. I kind of like the idea of these interdimensional aliens. I like the fact that we mm. kind of we we actually see them at the end. I wish once Indy had left uh, the the chamber, they wouldn't have cut back to Kate Blanchett's character because then you actually have the alien come fully to life. You say it's weird, yeah. um, but like I I I I think like a better movie could have earned that final sequence. But it would be hard to end the movie without seeing the villain die, you know, too. I mean, like, just to imply yeah, that the villain is that's dead. That's true. That's true. I agree that it would have been better, but I'm just saying, like, audiences might have felt like yeah. they were kind of robbed a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that would have been good, too, if, like, Kate Blanchett was in the room with the alien, and then they leave and they hear, like, a horrifying scream or something like right. that, like, echo through the chamber halls. Right. And, like, you know pretty much And then much you what see happens. it just completely collapse. Yeah. And, like, there's no way she could have got out. Then they leave, and then they look over, and you see a UFO. I'm okay with Indy. In 1950, Indy should see a UFO. Yeah. If yeah, I thought should. that was great. The yeah, way that I mean, they hit... Like I said, he's kind of like the Forrest Gump of, like, right. history where he was... I Like, I love the idea at the beginning where they're saying he was at um, mm-hmm. the original alien crash in Roswell. But in a way where they don't totally say, like... He didn't really see anything. They brought him there as an expert, and he's like, what? what? You br- they brought me there to see what? Like remains of a ship or right. something like that. So he never actually saw the right. quote-unquote alien. So right. I don't know. I, li- I like the way that he kind of fits into all those little areas yeah. the, like, throughout history. Yeah. So, I, yeah, him seeing a UFO would have fit. Him seeing the nuclear explosion right. fits. And I guess I just kind of like the, the UFO at the end because, like, um, it 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 just like kind of like I thought to me it it felt like God it really could have worked you know a story about Indiana Jones and ancient aliens could have been really good it's just they it was so crummy leading up to that you know what I mean yeah so like I I, I know there must be a lot of Indiana Jones films fans who say that this sucked because they shouldn't have brought in aliens but to me. It yeah, almost no, I don't think it almost good. sucked more because they they ruined the, the good idea of bringing in aliens like yeah. that could have really worked yeah. um, and I thought like just the way that how cool the set looked at the end and the alien skeletons and even Indy seeing a UFO which looked like a classic 1950s UFO right, even though it's not going to space right it's more complex than that um, I, I loved all that you know and it's like they went ah, into the space between the spaces exactly so, cool <laughs> there's like a there's like a good movie in there somewhere yeah. but unfortunately we've got a lot of f- uh, footage <laughs> up to that point of film mileage that is just not very good yeah. Um, and then we have our epilogue, um, which oh, yeah, uh, Indy and Marion get married because of reasons. Um, but I think we Marion both... was always Indy's like his Bond girl, right? It's like she was there in the first one, and then there's a different girl in the other one, and yeah. So like there, she was like of no real importance right. other than that. She was a cool character in the first movie. Sure. I loved her, in but the she first served movie. her purpose. Yeah. Right. Like, this one was almost kind of like an insult to that character. Yeah. I have to imagine it just started with them wanting to bring Mutt in, which, again, 
great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, well, who would Mutt's mother be? And they're like, oh, you know what would be cool for fans? Let's make it Marion. And then, like, now she's in the movie. Yeah. And she doesn't really have anything to do in the movie. But and there's a way you could have done it where it was Marion. Right. And like you say, like, well, they, that was, they that's how I would have done end. it. Bring yeah. her in at the end. Nice little treat for longtime fans. Yeah. You know, move on. Um, so they get married. Okay. Um, but then we both kind of like the little bit at the end where Mutt mm-hmm. picks up Indy's hat and is about to put it on, and yeah. he grabs it from him. And yeah, it's so mythic put, where like the doors blow open and the hat blows Love it. it. Like, why was Indy's hat outside? Love it. Yeah. So it it did end on a nice little note, but yes. definitely not enough to save the movie. Um, so yeah, I already kind of gave my final thoughts on it. Um, you said it's a seventy-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, and and then I initially said I feel like I liked about seventy-eight percent of it. I probably liked about sixty to seventy percent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I also but, re- I read that like it was on a lot of best of and a lot of worst of. Like, yeah, I, I get it. And like that kind of that makes an interesting movie to me because it's, uh, yeah, it's like when you see that you pretty much guarantee that it's not either of them. Yeah, it's like it's like you say, it's somewhere in the middle. There. Yeah, it's really kind of fuzzy. for me. It's more of a frustrating movie, and yeah. I think the stuff that I really liked, I like more than I dislike the bad stuff. Okay. To me, the bad stuff just kind of like falls flat. Mm-hmm. Um, again, maybe because I don't have Indiana Jones on a pedestal, you can't ruin Indiana Jones for me. You yeah, know what I mean? think I'd be more like if like on Rotten Tomatoes, if it's seventy-eight, I think I'm more like fifty-fifty with this movie. Okay. I'd say I'm like 67. Sometimes when I'm watching it, I'm like, that was that worked pretty well. There is and straight then up like that really didn't work. There is straight up great stuff in this movie. Yeah, there are great scenes in this movie. But I feel like for every good example of something, there's that more I, bad. Blew me away. There's more bad. There's like at least another thing in there right. that is just like. But don't you agree? If in a year or two years after this came out. If they had Indiana, if they had Harrison Ford, just kind of use that momentum and keep going. Harrison Ford, Shia LaBeouf, and they found an artifact from Atlantis. Yeah. And we have another self-contained adventure, and it could have been great. Yeah. Because again, what's wrong with this is not Harrison Ford's not who he was, Spielberg's not who he was. It's like now, just this particular movie made the kind of bad choices a lot of bad movies make. Mm-hmm. You know, like poorly filmed action sequences. The tone got thrown off. You know what I mean? Maybe revealing a little bit too much when you should have held back. These are all things that aren't like inherent to Indiana Jones, you could have made another movie a year from the time this came out, and it could have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so it's that's what I mean. That's why I'm glad you like chose this one, because I feel like it's not a movie I can completely get behind or 100% recommend to people, but I, I don't think it need, should be completely dismissed out of hand. And to me, it goes right next to the other three on the, the shelf, Although you maybe don't pull it out to watch quite as often. Well, here's the thing. It's, uh, <laughs> I have the collection where they're all together, like uh-huh. a box set, and then this one is sitting next to it. That's about right. It's not included Sep- with it. Separate, not completely there. equal. Separate, but equal. But, yeah, but it's got a place on the <laughs> yes. shelf. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, I think that's... I feel like that's a very fair assessment. I just thought it was film. funny to do it like on a podcast like this, because it's, like, it's supposed to be about like cult movies. Yeah. And, have you heard of this character called Indiana Jones? Well, like, I feel like, what, but this particular movie, I feel like what our <laughs> yeah, podcast... Yeah, this one I think it's kind of overlooked or maybe it is for overlooked. the wrong reasons. 
I feel like what our podcast is turning into is not so much cult movies, but like movies that should be cult movies. You know, they're not yeah. popular, but they, and they don't necessarily have a cult following either. That <laughs> but, is a sub sub. But genre. We, like, we feel like they should. Like I yes. feel like Splice is like that, and this this might not be completely like that, but I feel like it needs it deserves to be looked at again. Yes, it doesn't deserve to be just. It's like, like movies that have just a few members short of being a cult. Right. Like don't throw the whole movie away just because. There's monkeys. A lot of it is bad. <laughs> Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bathwater here, but there's a baby in there somewhere. Yes. <laughs> All right. Drowning, um, begging for help. Well, I'm proud of, I think that's a very fair assessment of this film. I, I think, honestly, I think George Lucas. I think Lucas, most people would say we're more than fair with this film. I think George Lucas and, and Steven Spielberg would agree with us, and Shia LaBeouf and Harrison Ford would say we're too generous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think... We we did right yeah, I'm by not this sure how movie. Harrison Ford came down on it, but yeah, I don't know. Who, who knows? He's, I know Shia doesn't. It's like, like it. they say in the movie; he's a hard guy to read. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he likes playing this character, though. That's yes. nice to see That's after nice. after watching him as um uh uh who's he playing Star Wars Han Solo. <laughs> <Han> Solo. <laughs> I'm getting tired. Um, you know where like especially like in the third Star Wars movie, like he obviously in, in Return of the Jedi, he uh. He's, well, he had one foot out the door. He's checked out, <laughs> which is amusing and entertaining in its own right. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's nice to see him, especially years later, returning to character. He really clearly has a lot of fun playing. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we talked a lot about that movie, as I suspected we would. It, it, interesting movie to discuss. That's good, because I don't have a lot of info for a deep dive. All right. Do you want to <laughs> do your deep dive first, um, and then I'll talk about mine? I don't have a lot to What do you want to know about it? <laughs> well, uh, so... Oh no! Wait, we're not. Oh yeah, deep dive. I was thinking yeah. beyond the dive. Yeah. What? Well, just we'll have definitely more to say about that. But. So in our deep dive, we uh, kind of usually do our behind the scenes stuff. But this movie, I feel like we incorporate a lot of that into our discussion. We're also talking about a major studio movie directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Harrison Ford. So there's not a lot of hidden info, I don't think here. Yeah. But is there anything? behind the scenes or that you picked up in a commentary track you want to throw in before we go on well, to... Well, one thing that I was going to mention, segment. it's not it shouldn't really be included in like the deep dive, but I listened to Red Letter Media's uh, Mr. Plinkett review of it. Oh, because I, I would had, like to hear that. I had heard that a We're while ago, like years ago. Of, big fans of Red Letter Media. Oh, here. yeah, they're great. Yeah. Uh, so I listened to that a long time ago, and I thought it was funny, but I remember like kind of disagreeing with a lot sure. of it. Which That's what... like I'll teach you how to read reviews it's like take in the information accept it or reject it <laughs> it's like i can hear you give something that i disagree with and i can still keep reading your review like mm-hmm. don't instantly reject it but um so he, like he a lot of the points he brought up we also brought up too so i don't want to rehash it all mm-hmm. but he said something that i don't think we covered is um Part of it is that it didn't seem like it's dangerous. It didn't have grit. Oh, for sure. And that, I feel, is very, like, included with all the old Anna Jones movies. Yep. They are action movies, but they're not necessarily, like, PG-13 action movies. This they're was not, very PG-13. Well, this is like a cartoon yeah. at that point. Well, I mean, Temple of Doom is, like, one of those movies that made them invent the PG-13 rating because right. they couldn't quite figure out. Right. Like, Indiana Jones is supposed to be fun adventure. Right. This is fucking dark. Right. Like, where, how do we classify this? And it was kind of like inventing a little bit of a new genre. Yeah, yeah, itself. for sure. And this is just totally like n- not like that at all. Yep, like, I agree with that a hundred percent. And that cuts, especially uh, once they become an ensemble. Well, it undercuts like it undercuts the action. So the yep. action is not as good. Yep. Because you don't, nothing is of consequence. 
Like, Indiana Jones kills people. That's another thing that he mentioned. He's like, he kills people in all the movies. This one, he maybe killed the guy with the blow dart. Right. Like, that was it, if you think about it. Right. <laughs> and not necessarily, like, any, it's not part of his mythology that Indiana Jones has to kill people. Right. But it's, it's just, like, overall, it just it needs to feel like kind of a darker tone to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... This just felt like such a kid's movie to me. I agree with that. That's, that is an astute observation, and so it's completely true. Yeah. That's not beyond the day. <laughs> Grit is a good word for yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I, you said. Like I know exactly what he's talking as about. As soon as there. he said that, I was like, yep. yeah, that, that I absolutely It doesn't agree. have that element. And, and, and not a lot of movies do anymore. That, that genre of um, uh, kids' movies that aren't really kids' movies, maybe a little yeah. scary, a little violent, but they're kind of the whole family can watch them. That don't exist no more. Right. You know what I mean? They don't I mean, really look make at, movies like in that. In Raiders anymore. of the Lost Ark, there's a guy get, that gets chopped up in a propeller. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I watched um, the – this is getting off topic, but I watched uh, the, the movie The Black Stallion the other day from, okay. I think, like the late 70s. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't think so. That's very much in that genre. And when I was watching, I thought the same thing. I'm like, they don't make movies like this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a real movie with real actors – and real sense of like like the people die and danger, but it's also like it's a child protagonist, and it's like a movie like a kid could watch. Yeah. And there might be parts he's a little scared of, you know what I mean? Um, and that's okay. They don't make movies like that anymore. Right. You know, there's no gr- even E. T. had grit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so I like that. That's a good observation. This movie definitely lacks that for sure. Okay. Well, the only beyond the dive stuff is I know is that. All the Indiana Jones stuff I know about the prequels, or not the prequels. <laughs> I shouldn't say they're prequels because they're the original ones. But um, they're so they're trying to make this one for a long time, right? Because I remember like a Barbara Walters interview with Harris Ford that came out like at least a decade before this movie, and he was talking mm-hmm. about, oh yeah, we're working on something. Yeah, so it's like they. I think it's this is my reading of it from like the interviews and stuff I heard from them is that. They kept waiting around for a good script to come along. Like, that's what they kept saying. Mm-hmm. Because they, they really, they really little, wanted to they be done. They should have waited a little longer. <laughs> well, I think that's the problem. Is yeah. they kind of felt like the door was closing where all three of them could kind of get together sure. and have, have fun. Because that's sure. kind of what these movies are supposed to be. That's what I think of when I think of Raiders yep. of the Lost Ark. And some of that is captured. I think here. of, like, Steven Spielberg hanging off a truck filming Indiana... Or Harrison Ford hanging off a truck. Like, sure. that seems fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think they wanted to recapture that. Yeah. And I think they probably did with this movie. For Partly, them, For yeah. themselves. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, for the audience. I'm saying for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as they're having fun. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> Which I respect that. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, so that was the problem. They couldn't really hammer out yeah, a script. Yeah, I think they didn't say this, but it seems like the window's closing a little bit, where mm-hmm. it's like they had to go with whatever the newest script that they had gotten. Got was. it. And David Kep is like I said, David Kep's a great screenwriter, right. but maybe this wasn't his best work, and they were just. Like, I think that's safe to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not the best work that they're saying it is. Like they're saying, uh-huh. like this is the script that brought us back together. Right. It's more like we're back together. We need a script. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. And like it's uh, yeah. So I think that's kind of where the kind of clusterfucky haphazard yeah, put together nature that makes comes sense. from. All right, that's like, they had to make a movie. <laughs> yes. we, to, we cannot wait any longer. And we they have did. to make a movie. Yes. So. They made it. So. Yeah, there it, it is. It's done. 
<laughs> All right. Well, yeah. There's, there's. Sorry, there's not really. No, much that's great. On the dive for this one. That's great. Well, let's put a, a pin in Indiana Jones, and uh, we probably will never talk about the franchise again on this podcast <laughs> because the rest, the other three. Unless are, there's another one. Yeah, the other three are, are beloved canonized films, and we don't really talk about those kind of movies here. So um, let's talk about something else. Uh, we use these movies as an excuse to talk about Raiders of the Lost. Yeah, we kind of do do that sometimes, <laughs> but um, that's how I. So let's uh, shift gears into our final segment here, where we uh, talk about anything else we've been reading or watching or okay. thinking about or looking forward to. Or... So do you want to go first? What do you got? I don't have a lot. Okay. I know you say I say that every time, but I really that's don't. all right. This can be we've, we've been. Uh, it's a long indie discussion, so. Um, so I was like watching a lot of uh, Oscar movies because we're around Oscar season. Same, yes, time. yes. We're recording this uh, end of January, so the Oscars are coming up. We're mm-hmm. in, we're in awards season, and there have been the Golden Globes and all those other shows yep. nobody cares about. And yeah, the nominees have been announced. Yep, and I've been watching some of them, not a lot, not a ton of them. I'm still in the middle of it. Uh huh. So I was going to talk about. Um, I guess I shouldn't say I was going to because then it might sound more interesting than I was going to talk about. <laughs> But so I was watching them, and I was like, "What was the like the Oscar movies that I, from last year?" I was trying to go back and remember right. like what they were. Um, and it wasn't like what was the best picture? Shape of Water, wasn't it? No, last year was it was last year it was The Green Book. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Well, see, my memory, I remembered it wrong, and I was th- re- going back two years to uh-huh. like, Get Out was nominated and sure. Shape of Water. Yes. And then I remember, like, a podcast that I heard with Jordan Peele. Um, I think it was The Big Picture, that podcast, which is really good. Um, They said they always end every interview that they do with, like, somebody um, or a filmmaker. Like, what was the last good movie you saw? And that's kind of how I like to find movies. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, find a movie by someone I like and find out what they liked. Kind of go back. Makes sense. And he mentioned Eighth Grade. Oh, that's right. I want to watch that. Um, by Bo Burnham, and that was one that did get nominated for Best Picture or like Best Actress or like it got nominated for all the awards leading up to the Oscars, and then uh-huh. it kind of it, it was a, it was a snub. Yeah, yes. it, for other awards, it got nominated for like Best Original Screenplay, Best sure. Actress, Best Movie, yep. like all that stuff, and yes. then it just kind of got. It was one of the ones. It that was got a snub. Shown. It was a snub. Yeah, yeah. which is which is an Oscar tradition. There's always snubs. So I love Get Out, and I was like, okay, that was. It, he, he was like really praising it. He was like. And it's not something you would think. Like, Jordan Peele's, the last great movie he saw was 8th grade. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems kind of odd, but I'm willing to go there. So, <laughs> uh, it's Bo Burnham. I don't know if you know who Bo Burnham is. He's a comedian. So, okay. Which is also kind of weird, because this is not necessarily a comedy. But interesting that Jordan Peele also is a comedian. Right. Yeah. Right. It just kind of shows, like, that they're really diverse. Or, sure. Or, um, I don't know. What would be the word for it? They have a lot of talent. They're yeah. Very there's, there's depth. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Bo, Bo Burnham is a comedian. Um, he does like parody songs, I guess. I, I mean, I was kind of familiar with him. And I thought he was kind of funny, but he wrote and directed this movie like okay. just himself. Okay. And I just thought it was weird that he, he was like in his like late 20s or something like that, wrote a movie about a little girl in eighth grade. Okay. And it's kind of about like a few days or maybe like a week kind of towards the end of her eighth grade experience and it's all about just like that weird little transition of when you're like a kid and then you're kind of going to become an adult sure like that's pretty much the whole theme of the movie and it is funny but it gets kind of dark in parts too because Mm -hmm. it starts to get kind of like sexual okay some parts where like 
should like an eighth grader, because I think she's 14 years old. Right. And it's like, should we really be tackling this issue in uh-huh. this movie? And it's like, it's interesting, because they find like all these things that they can cover with it. And it, like, it, you can explain it, but I'm explaining it bad. No, I'm with you. But it's it's really simple premise that they were able to mine like a lot of stuff out of. I just thought it was like a fantastic movie. It was like, I one check of it my out. favorite movies. I, I think I've, I've, maybe was confusing it with like another movie, so I'm not sure I know which one this is. I mean, I remember I, I heard of it, but um, is it is it kind of a comedy primarily or it's, like it's, dramedy? It's like a drama. It's a drama. Yeah, it's with, a drama. I mean, there are really funny scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say mostly it's a drama. Mostly a drama. Yeah. Okay, cool. About a little girl who's uh, graduating, and I think going into eighth grade. Okay. Or no, she's graduating eighth grade, yeah. Okay. About, like, the last few days of eighth grade and graduating. Okay. I love <laughs> it's hard to explain it because it's not necessarily it's about not a, a story. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it's a character. It sounds like yeah. it's a character study. It is. Yeah. And it's about, like, the lead actress... Uh, I think Elsie uh, Fisher or something. She's hmm. so great in it. Oh. She's so, like, natural. Like, okay. It, it's so close to being, like, a documentary. I love that. On yeah. the line and of being kind of silly. Like, huh. approaching things that are, like, unbelievable, but that could happen. Yeah. You know, so. It doesn't go too far like Indiana Jones and the Crystal yeah. Skull. Yep. All right. I thought it was great. Cool. I, I love that. That That's the kind of thing that... Well, she's a little, like, socially awkward, so uh-huh. for some reason I connected with Yes. <laughs> hard, hard to imagine why. Um, all right. No, it was, great. it was great. It was one of my favorite movies of the last, like, two years. Wow. Okay. I Well, that's high praise. I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, all right. Well, you kind of set me up with a segue, uh, because I'm going to talk about one of the... Uh, Best Picture nominees for, the, one for this seen? year's Oscars. It's not one you've. Oh, seen. that's right, because you've seen ones that I. Have. Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a bunch of them. Um, um, and my 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 pick, I guess, uh, because it actually was my favorite movie of the year, uh, had been Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, it's not anymore. I think I think it's been bumped out of the top slot. And it's so hard to compare these movies. Well, you know? yeah. But I gotta <laughs> say, I was blown away recently. By Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit. Oh, really? Best That's film. That's not the one I would have guessed. Best film I've seen by him. Uh, brilliantly written. Uh, hmm. Very funny, as you would expect. Uh, shockingly moving. Uh, the young actor is amazing. He, he's okay. he's a find. This kid is I, so. I think I might have funny. seen like a trailer for it. Yeah, I, I didn't. Basic premise, I didn't but. know much about it. I was like, I vaguely thought it was about like the Hitler Youth. To me, it looked a little too kind of quirky for its it. It definitely good. seems even though like, I like Tyke. It definitely seems like a Wes Anderson movie at yeah, some points. Yeah. Um, it is very quirky. It is very stylized. But you know what I mean, like too quirky for its own. Like almost wearing it. I don't know. Quirky for quirky's sake? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah um, I think I have a higher tolerance. But for I don't know. Quirky if you say than, it's good, I I'd, I'd well, definitely... Well, I have a higher tolerance for quirky than you do. Um, but I would say this movie just, like, leveled up Taika Waititi. Is that Waititi, his name? yeah. Yeah, is that his name? Um, well, that's good because... Even he's, though he's, he's already guy. made wonderful films. I mean, he directed one of the best Marvel films. He made I mean, one of the funniest movies I've seen in the last, like, ten What years. We Do in the Shadows. Yep. yep. Um, but this movie is so great. It's it's mm. about this young kid in the the final crumbling days of Nazi Germany. Mm. And this is he kid, actually a Hitler youth? Yeah, he he okay. he's like 
Um, or I mean, I don't know how it all worked back then, but at the beginning of the movie, he's like so excited to go right. to this camp and train to be a good little Nazi. Um, and That's a funny premise in and of it itself. is, and it, he's like pumped, and like his imaginary friend, of course, is Hitler right. in the movie, played by Tyke. Yes, played very uh, brilliantly and funny by the director mm-hmm. himself. Um, so yeah, it's a very funny premise. Um, the the Boy is actually injured um, at the camp fairly early in the movie, and then we kind of like flash forward a little bit. Um, so the the most of the movie does not take place with his training to be uh, a kind of Hitler youth, but it's all obviously okay. set in the waning days of Nazi Germany. Um, his mother uh, is played by Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. who has been nominated for Best Supporting Actress for this role. She's terrific, um, and he finds out the little boy that um, the mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their attic. Now, the movie is like, it doesn't have a super long runtime. You kind of know where it's going Mm -hmm. pretty early on. Um, But it is so well written and so well told. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's an adapted screenplay. Um, I'm not okay. sure what it's adapted from. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's a novel or, or what, um, but I was just looking up the awards it was nominated for, and I said, mm-hmm. that, but he wrote the screenplay, or at least co-wrote it. Um, yeah, so co-wrote, stars in it, uh, directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this really levels him up as a director for me, because like, like I said, it's so funny, it's so moving, the tone is all over the place, but it never takes a wrong step. Mm-hmm. You're with it the whole time. Uh, when it's supposed to be funny, it's funny. When it's is supposed it to like be as serious. funny as it is dramatic? I think so. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's maybe almost more dramatic, but I think the, the, the feels hit me as, a little harder, as they okay. say, because I wasn't expecting them. Um, it's also, I think, very much a movie for our times. Um, and it's kind of like hard to explain that without like yeah. having seen the movie and the whole. This is hard if we're like recommending movies to each other to be like a discussion because I. Well, and also I this is a movie like yet. I because you were a Taika Waititi guy from way back and yeah. like I. Well, I kinda, we watched Hunt for the Wilder. People. Yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People Hunt and all that. Like I don't want to steal your thunder in this, and I also just really want you to see it. But yeah. like I definitely was planning on. Seeing but yeah, it when anyway. he discovers the Jewish girl in the attic, um, and the way that's filmed is so awesome it's like a horror movie um <laughs> and the way that he slowly starts to bond with this girl like the mm-hmm. device um ytd uses to do that uh is is so brilliant i'm being very vague this is a great movie <laughs> um but yeah i just i loved it and the the music is perfect and it's one of those movies where like the last shot before they cut to credits is like Perfect. They end unlike Indiana it's Jones. Not like Shiloh. Yeah, unlike Indiana Jones, they ended it exactly at the right second. It just left you with such a warm feeling. It is my favorite movie that I've seen, like of okay. the the past year. Um, so well, I was interested in seeing it. I'll definitely see it. I really hope it wins Best Picture. I'm a little bummed that YTD didn't get nominated for Best Director. He well, did get nominated he did get nominated for Best Screenplay. So it's adapted screenplay. Ad, yeah, Best Adapted Screenplay. Because Ryan Johnson got nominated for original. Best Picture, um, Best Supporting Actress for Scarlett Johansson. That's the only act, acting nomination it had. And then it got um, some of the technical awards you would expect for a period 
uh, piece, oh, okay. costume, Costumes. set design, yeah. etc. Um, all well deserved. Um, but the only reason I'm I'm not so bummed out that YTD didn't get uh, nominated for best director is because I am sure he will be nominated again. Right, right. I think this is his best movie so far, but he was really flexing in this. Yeah. Like there, like yeah, I said, if you tell me this movie is great, like. I believe it. <laughs> There's at least one sequence that's filmed like a horror movie, and it, it works so well. Hmm. And uh, he knows he is uh, he can probably make any kind of movie he wants. Sounds like he's like a master of the tone too, because that's what I remember yes. about Hunt for the Wilder People too. Yep, it's like it's it's pretty masterfully. A yes, and as we talked about with with Crystal Skull, that is a hard, difficult, and subtle art. Yep. Um, I think the movie's nominated might have been nominated for editing too. Which I think okay. is is probably a good thing, because um, yeah, like that all plays into tone. Um, Sam Rockwell's in it. Oh yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> this movie is terrific. I love it Sam is Rockwell. Absolutely terrific. Uh, I hope I wasn't too vague about what it's about, but well, I kind of want you to be vague. I'm sure yeah. like, people listening to this. I'm, I'm honestly kind of doing it for your benefit because, like, I think you would really enjoy. I was going to see it anyway, but now I'll kind of bump it up. A yeah, bit. and it's also it's such a it, the plot is very simple, very basic. You kind of know where it's going to go pretty early, so I, to say too much really would give everything away. Yeah. Um, but it's just. So well done. It's a very bold movie. Uh, to make a movie even on this subject, of course, is, right. is a bold choice. Um, but the way everything is handled throughout the film. Um, yeah, that might have been like a little bit of the turnoff, too, for me, for just hearing kind of about it. It's almost like shock value, maybe, or quirkiness. Right. But I, I if, believe you. If, I think that was kind of my initial If shock value was in YTD's mind at all when he conceived this movie, it was there to get people into the theater. Yeah. And then once they were there, he gave you a real movie. And this, and switch. This is a real movie. But, I mean, the, the, the premise is funny, you know, this little right. kid. Like, the opening scene is him just, like, hyping himself up in his room to go to this camp. He's a little nervous. And Hitler, who's his imaginary friend, but even as, as his imaginary friend is like an idiot and like right. kind of talking him into it, it's like so funny. It's just like perfect opening scene, perfect hmm. ending scene. I loved this Is he movie. in it throughout like as Hitler? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. And they, their relationship changes. Well, right? Yeah. Okay. Of course, with his like imaginary friend. Right. And, very well done. Very good movie, and the, and it works. And there's a lot going on with a lot of the characters that's not ever spelled out. But right. but YTD is trusting an intelligent audience to read into it, especially with Sam Rockwell's character. Whole story with that character. Who's he? He is uh, the boy's instructor at the Hitler Youth okay. Camp, um, and then he ends up with some other like low-level job for the Gestapo at uh -huh. some point, and he keeps kind of interacting with the boy and his mother. Um, kind of a bumbling officer. Yep, you've got the uh, um, obligatory, uh, we're searching your house, the audience knows there's a Jewish girl hiding here scene. Yeah. Um, brilliantly handled uh, by YTD. Okay. It's just great movie. Great movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll check it out. So see it! <laughs> and I'll watch uh, Eighth Grade. <laughs> okay. Let's promise. All right, cool. Um, so I think that's about all we've got for this episode. Um, this was a good one. I thought, I knew this, this indie Anna Jones film was going to yield. <laughs> I was worried that discussion. this would be the weakest one. No, I, I well, it, so it might be for everyone else, but I enjoyed it. Okay, good. All right, sounds good. So uh, we will... Be back probably before they reboot Indiana Jones again with another episode of The Dumpster Dive. 
Um, until then, fill out your Oscar ballots, and uh, we'll see you back here real soon. Bye now. Bye.